You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Show. You may not realize this, but this isn't Wally. I'm Mike Wilson. You may know me as the Ultimate Leafs fan. I'm filling in for Wally today. I think is on a scouting mission throughout Europe trying to find that next superstar for the Leafs. No, no he's trying to find the next Ronaldo. Uh, the next Mike. Ronaldo. Okay, Naz. <laughs> Good morning, Mike. How Great are you? to have you. Great. Great to have you here. We've got, uh, got lots to talk about today. Oh, nothing happened this week, did it? Nah, in the world of hockey, geez, what happened? I mean, training camps opened. There was no news at all, was there? No, not at all. Well, I think the one thing... We should probably, I mean, obviously, we're gonna, there's lots of things happening in Ottawa and, you know, and Jose, in San Jose and uh, Las Vegas. So we'll get to all of that as we, as we move along. And, um, but I think one of the, obviously, the thing in everybody's mind is what's happening down in Niagara Falls in the next couple of days. So, I mean, what do you think? What, 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 what do you think so far that we've seen coming out of there? Is there any surprises that you've seen so far, Naz? No, there's no surprises. They know exactly what's going on. There's not too many positions available either. Most of them are pretty well taken. Uh, but it should be interesting. They play Tuesday night, and I'm sure a lot of people will be watching uh, the game. Even though you usually don't watch preseason games, but this one I think you're going to watch between Toronto and Ottawa. Well, look at the people that got lined that are lined up outside the Gale Center trying to get in for the, the scrimmages and the practices. I mean, any other place that had that was Vegas last year. And, you know, to see that type of passion and that type of enthusiasm, I would suggest that the interest in this team is probably the highest it's ever been in the franchise. It's funny, you know, the fan, uh, 590, was live out, out of uh, Niagara Falls yesterday. And in the scrimmage, John Tavares scored a goal and there was 4,000 people screaming and it drowned the fan uh, uh, out. At that time, it was amazing. Eh? Why? Well, look at that. That's a, a scrimmage. <laughs> well, Tavares scores his first goal on a scrimmage, and they're going nuts. Well, I saw the goal, and he put his head down. It was almost like he embarrassed when the fans started cheering. Back to center ice. So I guess the one pressing thing, or the Leafs never can do anything. We love them dearly, but there's the one thing they can never do without a little controversy, and it's obviously the kids sitting at home in Sweden. What do you think is going to happen there? Well, he's going to eventually come back. He doesn't have any power. Although we talked about this uh, off off air, not bad. He could get seven million dollars a year. That's not bad. Being not in a great position to a bargain, right? So it looks like he's going to get seven million. I think they're going to go five years at seven million. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I read it, and, and by anybody who doesn't watch this, we looked at this website, I give them a little plug here. The Athletic is is a great site to, to read up on all sports. And they did a good story yesterday on this, talking about players under the age of 24 that signed after September 14th. Most of these players reach their peak between the 23 and 24 years of age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, using the comparatives, if you look at it, it's a sh- shorten the story down, basically a pair Play paid on a per point per game basis on a percentage of that. So, in other words, a player like Johnny Gradeau, who had was a point of game player, got paid the, that percentage of the salary cap. So that was ten percent. So, a player, the numbers that Nyland are rumored to be asking for are on those levels, and the numbers that more fall in line with what he should be looking for are numbers like Pasternak, who was less than nine percent of the of the salary cap and produced pretty much the same as as Nylander did in his breakout year. But again, Pasternak took it to another level last year. Yeah, very interesting. And uh, you were saying before when we were talking, that there's a lot of guys out there still not signed. It's just not Nylander. There's Nurse, there's uh, 
the kid in, in uh, Morrissey in Winnipeg. There's uh, Reinhardt in Buffalo. There, there's a lot of guys that are uh, Miles Woods in, action, in right? Jersey. You've got uh, you know Nick Ritchie in, in Anaheim uh, and the Shea Theodore in Vegas. And, and I mean, it's all the same thing. And these guys are all looking the same way. So it's almost like it'll be a domino effect. One signs and the rest of them will all fall in place probably. Because and again, if you look at the terms, and I'm referring back to that article, most of the term was five, six, seven years, and most of them were six years. So again, to your point. Nylander, between six and seven million bucks. I mean, that's pretty good money for a guy who's been in the league a couple of years, and he's going to get five or six years. And usually in these cases, the player is the one who breaks, not the, not the owners. Uh, the, the spots that are available on the lease looks like it's on defense mostly, right? There should be a couple of spots there available. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the, the uh, my, my pick is I went to, a, you know, I attended a lot of Marley games last year, and the one guy I think that I thought was one of the Marley's best players last year was Borgman, who made the Leafs last year mm-hmm. and then had, you know, I think he was maybe a little bit overwhelmed with playing in National League on a day-to-day basis, and, and it got to him after when he got sent back. But when he was playing with the Marlboros, he or Marley's, he was uh, outstanding, and he was he played with the Benedge. He was dominating with the puck. And then he got hurt and he didn't really play in the playoffs. And then Kelly Rosen stepped up. Kelly Rosen was skating great in the final. I, I couldn't believe it. He was. I thought he was their best defenseman he, in the, in the sure final. Was. Yeah, I think he was too. And he scored some big goals. And he was my pick to make the Leafs this year and, and, and be... When you have a championship team, no matter what sport you play in, somebody has to come out of the woodwork or somewhere, mm-hmm. that, that hidden jewel that comes out, and all of a sudden that diamond in the rough just explodes and becomes that player. And I, I, I was picking him to be one of those guys. Look at the, look at the uh, three teams, Tampa Bay, Boston, and Toronto. They're very, uh, very similar in the way they've uh, structured their teams. Boston got younger, and I was surprised that they were able to turn it around. And they did, and Tampa Bay is a young team too. So it should be very interesting with those three teams battling for first place in the Atlantic Division. Well, that's the see, that's the thing that we we got cautionly fans on, and I, and I think that you know that the management has done a great job as of the last couple of days, lowering the expectations because to make the playoffs in the National Hockey League is extremely difficult. I mean, take a look what just happened out west. I mean, they're, they're now with with Carlson moving, which we'll get to in a moment. Speaking about him, him moving to San Jose almost assures them that they're going to be in the running for one of the top spots there along with Nashville and Winnipeg. But they haven't even mentioned Vegas, and Vegas was one of the top teams in the league last year. They don't got the Stanley Cup final. 97 points Florida had, didn't they? And they didn't make it. And they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. So people have to understand that, that you know, what you really want to do, it's not what you do during the regular season. What you have to do is to remain relevant. You have to be in the game, but being in the game means being in the playoffs. So but people have to lower the expectations to leave. They're going to lose some games this year. They're going to lose some bad games this year. Just be prepared for that. But what we want to have happen is then to get off to a good start. And if they can do that, then that just will take some of the pressure out of them too. Because believe me, these guys are feeling it themselves with, with the expectations. and what's Because now it's put up time. Because, you know, for the first couple of years, you're given a little, bit of, uh, uh, a little bit of a window to get moving forward. That window's closing now. Now, we have, uh, we talked to Joe Bowen last week, and we talked about Marner uh, and Matthews and Tavares. And the Leafs have not had any uh, league leading scores since 1938. Mm-hmm. And that was Gordrill. Right. Which one of those three guys, Mike, do you think would end up leading the league in scoring? If, if, it, if it was the Leaf of those three guys? I would, uh, right off the bat, looking at what we've come in from the last two years, I would have picked Marner because he's a better passer. I agree. 
But um, Matthews, if Matt, another thing with Matthews is if Matthews can start dishing the puck off a little more, he definitely has the ability to score 50 goals, no question about that. So the goals are never going to be a problem with Matthews. But if he can start getting more assists than he has goals, which is a tough thing to do in this league, he he would be a candidate. But right off the bat, looking what I'm looking at and looking at 91 in the middle with Marner, I would say Marner. I'm going to tell you something. Marner is going to challenge McDavid for the scoring title this year, that's as a, long as he stays healthy. That's he a will bold challenge. prediction. That's you know what? He is pretty close. He did, look at last year. You got he had 69 points, and he was on the fourth line for the first two months mm-hmm. of the season, and his ice time wasn't uh, great. And look at the, he produced 69 points. I think he could do it. Well, and don't forget, uh, if you take a look at Tavares also, I mean, while well, we want to talk about him, he's never played with a player of the caliber of Marner to start a season. He's made those players yeah. into the players they became. So by players like Liam Bailey but and Barzell. But, you know, but the thing about it is, is now he's stepping right in with a player of that level. I'm not sure it was a selling point for him coming to Toronto. So don't ignore him also to be right at the top of the board also oh, when it comes yeah, to scoring. They, they have three guys there. They could literally lead the league in scoring at some point in time. Like McDavid should win the scoring title, but I I'll, I can see those three guys being in the top 10 and scoring in the NHL at some point. That's, uh, that's how much potential they have to do that. Now, which team has three guys in the top ten? There is one that had one. Had those guys. You had Malkin, Crosby, and Kessel. Were three top ten scoring. Amazing that, and they won the cup two times. So, and Kessel too. And Kessel. And I know people that I've talked to that, that uh, out of Pittsburgh. The one thing that amazed them about Kessel was how good a passer he was. They didn't realize how well he saw the ice and how well he moved the puck. They knew he was a goal scorer, but they didn't realize the ability he had to move the puck. And that's become evident the last couple of years with the players he's played with. Yeah, he was very unselfish with the puck. Yes, Kessel. and they really do yeah. like that. So, yeah. So. Um, I think uh, what we've got to do is we've got to break for a commercial and uh, talk to our, let our sponsors talk to you. I'll be back with you in a minute. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I have family in Caprese, home of Michelangelo, who famously painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. It took him four years. We must be distant relatives because it took me almost as long to paint the ceiling of my garage. I'm sure he did a bunch of nudes, but I did two coats. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. 
This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. And we're back. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Lease fan. Joining Naz today, filling in for Wally, who, as we said, is on a scouting mission looking for... Who was he looking for again? He's looking for Ronaldo. Ronaldo. He's looking for Ronaldo. <laughs> Yes, of course. Well, we're going we're gonna to hold the fort here and try and, and move things along. You know, we talked about the Leafs in the first segment. The second segment here, I think we're going to get into what's, what's happened uh, throughout the hockey world in the last uh, week or so. Naz, there's been some pretty interesting things with, first off, Pacioretty back on Monday, yep. the Eisenman announcement, and, of course, the Carlson trade. So choose your poison. Where would you like to start? Well, let's start with Pacioretty. Uh, good deal for Montreal. and uh, they, they needed to get rid of him, and they got some future in there. And Vegas got what they wanted in Patrick. He was a major big-time scorer. So I think both teams may end up winning on this deal. Well, the thing about Pacioretty, too, is he replaces the goals they give up losing Neil, who went to Calgary. So that, that is a good fit for Vegas. And puts, but again, they make that acquisition, and here they are, that, that they're going to be in the hunt to try and make the playoffs again this next year, according to the experts. Yeah, I think that's true, though. As you said before, it's tough to make the playoffs. It Vegas sure may be right out of it. You don't know. Like, they may not even make the playoffs. It's very tough to to make it. We had two years ago or three years ago, Tampa Bay didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a couple of injuries. They didn't make the playoffs. And they ended up getting a very high draft pick back. So uh, it happens. And uh, Chicago's missed the playoffs and come back and won a cup. You, you just never know. And it's hard to make the playoffs in the NHL. Yeah, and uh, you know, and the thing about it is, when you, uh, the, the the biggest thing that the National Hockey League, with the league getting younger, getting faster, the, mm-hmm. the the level of play is getting much more and more intense on a game to game basis, is that, as I said before in the first segment, all you have to do is get to the dance, and the dance is the playoffs. And once you get there, anybody can win, as we've seen the last two years with the extension of Nashville the first time, and then we saw Washington winning last year. So, with that in mind, the next move is an interesting. You mentioned Tampa Bay, Steve Eisenman. Yeah, I mean, great segue there. I mean, did he just wake up last week and decide I want to spend more time with my? By the way, which is the biggest cliche that most players use or, or anybody anywhere uses anywhere to, to to put people aside because it's the easiest way to not answer the real question. So he just wake up last week, Naz, and decide that he wanted to spend more time with his family, and all of a sudden walk away. Yeah, you have a theory, an interesting theory, Mike. What is that theory? Well, well my thought is this: is that he didn't just wake up last week. He was thinking about this for some time. And I think it's maybe it's just a coincidence. But a few days after he made his announcement, all of a sudden the Carlson trade went through to San Jose. So my thinking is Tampa was always a forerunner in that pursuit of Carlson. And I think once it became evident that Tampa was no longer in the running with Ottawa for Carlson, it was then time that Eisenman could make the move. Because yeah. it, because if you think about it, Carlson, what would be worse if Eisenman made that decision three months ago, right in the heat of the battle for Carlson, and all of a sudden he makes an announcement he's stepping aside? 
Well, then all of a sudden Carlson takes a step back away. Oh, a minute, who am I dealing with here now? Who's this new guy? Uh, what's going to happen? And who's going to am I going to be negotiating with? So. My thought, it just seemed to all fit too perfectly and just almost in sequential order the way that happened. Well, I think he's going to end up in Detroit. I really do. And he lives in Detroit, from what I understand, and uh, he has three daughters, and they're all in different universities right across the country, I hear, here. So I think he's going to back to Detroit, and he's going to take over from Ken Holland, and Holland will step down after he'll complete his two-year contract and probably stay as an advisor with uh, the Red Wings. And Eisenman will be the next president of the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, I, 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 I would tend to agree with that. I mean, it just, it's just fits all too perfect. Collins got two years remaining on his contract he just signed. You've got Eisenman one year left in Tampa Bay. So it just all fits so perfectly. He went and did his work away from Detroit, became a very experienced general manager. Not even don't forget with Tampa, but also with Team Canada. Did an exceptional job at that level also. So he's a proven winner, and he's a proven top-notch management player. So what better place to go than when you spent most of your career, there, your 20 there, years? There's a lot of work to do in Detroit. They're in deep trouble. They are in deep trouble, and they know it. I mean, they listen, the, the problem is when you make the playoffs 25 years in a row, you don't have a top-10 pick for, I think, 19 of those years. It's pretty tough because... But, Babcock leaves and they don't make the playoffs. They don't make the playoffs, Wally. I mean, the timing was probably good on his part when he sensed that the ship was starting to lose a little bit of its uh, rudder. But I think that, you know, as we know in the National Hockey League, we're seeing it right here as an example, is that you don't win in this league without an all-star defenseman and a, and a front-line center. And, you, and any Stanley Cup winner has that first off in goal, on defense, and in the middle. That's, uh, the Leafs don't have that guy, though. Well, they, they, they don't have the guy yet. But I think they've got... Let's, 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 let's throw something out. Let's get yeah. back to the Leafs. I'd like to throw something out. Sure. Leafs have an abundance of forwards. Mm-hmm. Would you make the deal uh, Nylander for P.K. Subban? Uh, you know what? I, 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 no, I don't think I would. There's just something about him that just seems to be a terrific player, but it just doesn't seem to just sort of spread to the rest of the team. I don't know. There's something obviously went on in Montreal. I don't know if there seems to be any warm and love or fuzzy feeling in Nashville with the players, but it just seems to be too theatrical. And it's sort of all about him. And I, I don't know whether he would have fit into a Babcock system or not. He's a perfect uh, defenseman on the no power question. play. Oh, no my God. Can you imagine PK on the point? Uh, no question. At, at the top? No question. But Right-handed shot. Great skater. He, he's, a, he's a great player. He is a great player, no question. But, you know, I, I, I mean, that's a tough call. I mean, I guess if it happened, I'd be the first guy cheering for him. But if I'm sitting here looking at it like this, if it was a tra- if you can't sign the lander and it's going to really throw your thing out of balance, then you make the trade. It's funny. When Babcock came over here, I remember him saying, we got to get the local guys to buy in and come back here because it's a great place to play. They have Marner. They have Tavares, Tavares came back. Stamkos never came back. But the reason why Stamkos didn't come back is because the Leafs weren't competitive at the time when they made the offer. If that was a year later, Stamkos would have been a Leaf also. So I look at that, what Babcock said, and I think PK would, would really fit in very well here. And there's... Okay. Um, He'd be, a, he'd be a very popular player here, that's for sure. Oh, he'd be the most popular player on the team. No question. But I, again, it's, it's what goes on behind those closed doors, too. And I, 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 I don't know. There's just something about that whole situation that just, 
I like what the Leafs have going here now. Uh, I think the fact that you've got, we've talked about Borg, we've talked about Rose. I'm not putting them in PKs. Yeah, they're not PKs. They're not. But look, look at what Pittsburgh won back-to-back standing cups with on defense. And even with their forwards, the small forwards. That's true. So to me, if you get Roddy gets better every year, Gardner is is Gardner, and I mean the problem with Gardner is Gardner is Gardner. There's a good one. Mike. I mean, well, you know, but Gardner is Gardner, and the thing about him is, is that you know, by the way, is but everybody forgets is that John Carlson, who signed a big contract with Washington, on a comparative basis between him and Jake Gardner over the last 160 games, Gardner has better numbers right across the board, and. But the thing, and Gardner, by the way, they talk about his giveaways. Austin Matthews had more giveaways than than Gardner had last year, and he played less games. Now the thing about it is, to have giveaways, you got to have the puck. Okay, so that's the number one thing, and I've talked about that before on this show. But the part about Gardner that kills him is that his mistakes end up in the back. Yeah, he of the gives net. the puck away a lot, and end up in the back of the net. And that's the problem where other guys give the puck away and it doesn't happen. That's what stands out with him. But you got him again. Zetsev, I think, I'll better this year. He shouldn't have probably played the second half of the year with the injury he had. You've got all the, you know, a kid like uh, Dermot is going to step up again this year. You know, Hole's got a shot to play better. So they've got enough there on defense that I think stay within the system. And if you want to have local guys come home, you've got to trust the system. You've got to trust, you've got to trust your draft, your scouts, and you've got to build within and that's what the Leafs have done they've taken the team from the bottom of the barrel to now they're a Stanley Cup contender and I think you want to stay on that route you want to fill the pieces in when you can no question if you can make that trade but why disrupt the harmony but you wouldn't make that trade at all then I I, it would have to be you know I I, you know there's one side of me that says yes and the other side of me says no I would do with real caution and I'd want to sit, I want to sit the player down and have a chat with him before. I mean, I don't know if you couldn't do that, but I'm, you know, the idea is you'd really, really want to be sure about that. Oh, for sure. But it'd be a great, great uh, signing. That's for our great trade for the Leafs, too. But then again, you're picking up a couple million more bucks a year in salary, and you've got some big contracts well, coming up. Well, it's $2.2 million based on the fact that Nylander signs for seven, right? Yeah. So it's not really that much. They pay him one point two million of Kessel's salary up until the next the end of next year. So. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's true too. But we got rid of Joffrey Lupo though. Finally got rid of Lupo. He's off the books. He's off the books, but he's yeah, but he's <laughs> <laughs> he did play well when he was here. When he did play. Yeah, he's you know, like he's I guess he's he's like the guy who plays for the Blue Jays, uh, you know, that that that, that second baseman that he gets uh, Travis gets hurt, I think, putting his shoes on and Delupo because the only the only two guys I know, one guy putting his skates on, that guy putting his spikes well, I've never on. Never seen a guy hurt so much like Lupo. Oh my goodness. I mean I never seen anything like it. So now so the Carlson situation. So let's look at San Jose. Oh my god, what a D they have. So, how about this, Naz? Let's let's touch your memory on this one. My thinking is does this make them the one, two, three best one, two, three punch since the Montreal Canadiens in nineteen seventies with Savard, Lapointe, and Robinson? No, because uh, Vlasic's not in that class, as far as I'm concerned. Burns and uh, Burns and uh, you don't think so, Alvin, Vlasic? No, Vlasic is uh, below that. I don't think he's in that in that class of Robinson, Savard. Pretty close. LaPointe. Pretty close, but not not. I don't. I don't think so. Does that give them the best threesome in the NHL? Yeah, pretty good. Who's better, really? And then from one, two, three. Well, maybe Nashville. Yeah, PK and Ellis. And yeah. Yeah, it could be. But uh, San Jose, is, uh, they, they're not scared to make changes, that's for sure. Doug Wilson certainly will pull the trigger on any type of trade. He, you know, he'll make the trade if it, he, he smells it. He goes right for it. 
And you have to give him credit for that because DeBoer is going to have a pretty good team there. Could be Toronto and San Jose in the final. Well, they're picking them to to definitely make the playoffs, San Jose, and definitely be a player. Right with Winnipeg, as I've talked about earlier. So I'm suspecting that uh, that so now that we have that. So so I guess the good thing that we can take away from is we always have to come back to the Leafs. Number one thing here is we don't have to deal with well, first off we signed him, so I have to deal with Tavares anymore coming and killing us, which you always did every time you came into Toronto. Pacioretty was a Leaf killer. We don't have to worry no, about I him anymore. <laughs> score all the time against the Leafs. And Carlson. We don't have to worry about Carlson I'm coming from up the road down here to kill us all they're the time. They're all at West now. No, they're all at West. So that's, that, that's one good thing. Is here. And Tavares is here, so we can take that away from us. So now, what happens with our friends north of the city in Ottawa? Oh, God. Poor Eugene. What is he going to do? I heard their season tickets are forty five hundred. That's yeah. it. That's how can you run an NHL team like that? And then you're trading away all your best assets. I mean, here's a hockey club that couldn't sell out two years ago when they were a goal away from going to the Stanley Cup final, and they couldn't sell it out. I, again, this team, when it was probably at its peak, going back in the early two thousand, was during the tech boom, where all those companies and those corporations are all gone. Mm-hmm. So that outside corporate money that was just coming and spending and buying the boxes and doing all that, all the corporate money, is no longer there. And, and you know, it's unlike, not unlike Arizona, the situation with the stadium is outside the city limits by a good half an hour to mm-hmm. 45 minutes. And it's, it's not unlost that both these teams have the same situation with the fan base. Now, you look at Ottawa. Ottawa's challenged, though. And been in uh, long play- playoff runs. Arizona really hasn't. So Arizona's no. been playing for the last how many years, and they haven't really been in a playoff no. situation very often. I think twice in 15 That's years right. or something. Well, I was just referring to the, in- the interest in the team yeah, to no, start with. I, I know, but I, just bring back to Ottawa. You know, they can blame the arena all they want. And it's not the I arena. know it's not the arena because they were in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup. They went seven games two yeah. years ago against Pittsburgh. They were a goal away in overtime from advancing to the final. And they couldn't sell out the the, the arena. They hit the post, remember? Yeah. In overtime. Yeah, and they could have been in the Stanley Cup final. They couldn't sell out the arena in the semifinals. So what does that tell you about Ottawa? Ottawa is a small market and does not deserve to have a hockey team. Uh, By the way, it's it's, it's a bad comparison. But two hours down the road, the Leafs are selling out scrimmages. A small rink. But... That's the idea. I mean, that that's the difference right there. I mean, so the thinking is, is that Ottawa ends up and come back in a couple of years. And yeah. Eugene, he's going to have no choice but to move the team. Who's going to build this rink up there when if he can't? If the NHL see? will allow that move. Well, they've built the rink. They've been in the running for a team. Uh, they probably, have, I, I'm assuming they have the money. So they're one of the teams that are being banded about for an expansion franchise, but it looks like this could be a relocation. And the other thing, the other the other talk that's been throughout the league is that Houston will get a team at some point, mm-hmm. and a team probably most likely to move be a team like Arizona. It's interesting. The NHL is very popular all of a sudden to get new teams. Like you got Seattle coming in, possibly. Seattle coming in. A lot of interest, and that's good for the league. Well, it's good for the league. It's, it's because the fact, well, look what happened in Vegas last year. And I think the other thing that we've talked about time and time again is, is the fact that the depth of the National Hockey League is the best in all professional sports in North America. And it just was proven last year with Las Vegas where you had players who weren't good enough to play in the rosters of the teams that were, didn't protect them, went and banded together and took a team to the Stanley Cup final. And again, just speaks volumes to the depth of the National Hockey League. And if we want to take one step for, further, 
look where the, one of the greatest players, the greatest player, I think, in the National Hockey League history, number 99, is in China right now promoting the game. They, for a playoff game last year at Pittsburgh, had 36 million viewers watch a playoff game in China. TSN or one of these, they get five or seven million people. They're ecstatic. So the game is only going to get bigger globally. It's a place to be. I mean, this is like I was in the market for 40 years on Bay Street. I mean, the, these, the, the NHL is like a stock you have to own in your portfolio. Yeah, we, we talked, uh, I was at a function last night, and we talked about uh, Wayne Gretzky almost being a Leaf. Uh, do you remember that back in Twice. 96, right? Twice. He actually told me that story himself. Well, so what happened? Well, it's just the fact Ballard wouldn't sign. Well, Ballard first time wouldn't do it, and the second time Stravos, just his bottom line was pretty much... He lost, I, he lost a lot of money with his Knob Hill Farms. Well, area. it was going out of business. Yeah. And the sad thing is, why do I need to pay this guy eight million bucks a year to come here? I've got the rinks sold out every game. Uh, I've got great television contracts. I don't need them. The three centers were would have been Gilmore, Gretzky, and Sundin. Sundin. Oh my God, that that's a lot more, a lot better than what the Leafs have. Not a lot better, but it's pretty close. Well, the bigger travesty would have been, and I mean, I'm, I'm dating us now. Is going back into 1970-80 when they could have had Nielsen and Hedberg. And Bell just, no, I'm not going to sign those guys. Imagine those two guys with that club that was close at the time. So there's been a lot of missteps. And that's the other thing we come back to. And I think that uh, we can get into tomorrow when we come back in this minute, but we do have to break again. So stay with us and we'll be back in a moment. We'll continue on this. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I travelled to Italy to explore my Italian heritage. I'm in Modena, birthplace of Pavarotti. When I knocked on my cousin's door, he opened it and said, My long-lost cousin, you finally come home. You must now marry my neighbour's sister. I said I had to get something in the car and never went back. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. 
Welcome back, guys. Uh, it's Mike Wilson here, the Ultimate Leafs fan, with Naz. Naz, we were just discussing the situation in uh, in Ottawa, which has become a pressing issue, and I think will become even more so moving down the road. I got, the one thing I was going to mention before the break is, I guess the one good insight maybe that Ottawa could take from this, if they want to reach for some, oh, I, I'll reach for that pie in the sky at some point, Boston... When they traded to San Jose, traded with San Jose back in 2005 and traded Joe Thornton there, they won the Stanley Cup six years later. So maybe now Ottawa can look at the fact that they've made the trade with San Jose. That ain't, ain't going to happen. <laughs> Ottawa won't be around. They won't. They're going to be. They're going to be probably in Quebec. Is my bet. And I, I, I would think that, uh, it, as we've talked about before, there's just no way anybody is going to step up and pony up that type of money to build an arena. That just is. What are they going to do with it? No, exactly. I've been, and that arena's run down now. I was there a couple of years ago. It's pretty run down, the Ottawa Arena. And it's a long drive outside of the city, right? But I can tell you this. Uh, when I've been to Ottawa a couple of times for kids' tournaments and stuff like that, and we've gone to games, if you're staying downtown, the bus service is tremendous. You just step on the bus outside the hotel, it drops you off right in front of the rink, and it's an express bus coming back. So it's as quick as can be if you're downtown. And you, and you go from there, but it's the people living in the suburbs, I guess, that are outside the Ottawa part moving in. But for me, it was no problem whatsoever. It was terrific. Yeah, to me, they're not an, an NHL-type city, really. No, and they just, they're not, and, and now the team, you know, you got owner, I mean, I'm friends with Eugene, so, you, you know, we, I do like him, but, I, you know, he's he's not endearing himself to the, to the city. He, you know, it's not, I don't think. Did you see the video clip of him? Just with with the defenseman promoting the Ottawa team for the year. No, well, he put a YouTube. Uh, oh, I didn't see clip. that. Oh my God, it was awful. It was awful. Wow. Team, he's got to he's got to somehow get out get out of there and get somebody running that thing properly. Wow, that's. I mean, the problem is he doesn't live in the city. He's you know he showed up for the Winter Classic game. And was stand, it was almost like he was standing by the cash register watching the money come in. You know? <laughs> and, you know, and he's making all these comments about he's not selling a team and who started that rumor, people from Toronto. And you, you can't run a hockey club like that. And, and you just it, it's just not right. So my thinking is I, I'm, I don't think Dan Etchell can force him to sell, but they can sure wait him out. And it looks like it's going their way. And there's, it's, just a, it's just a matter of time. And now they've, the, the assets left. I mean, what... What hope do they have moving forward? You got a guy in Bobby Ryan who they tried to move all along and they couldn't get Four rid of him. Four years left, seven and a half million. And they can't get rid of him. They got Duchesne there who's probably going to try and play himself onto another team. And they've got a couple draft picks. I mean, you almost think that maybe they should have just tanked and taken the first overall pick last next year. I, I don't know why why teams do this and they trade their first round pick. It comes back to them. It did That happened to the Leafs when they made the trade for Kessel. They ended up giving up their first round pick and it was like Tyler Sagan right you can't do that sort of thing you you better not better off not making a trade to make a trade like that yeah it's that's very true I mean I you're right but you and know the, and the Raiders just did it with um, Chicago Chicago yo, gave yo, up their two first round in football and I'll bet you Chicago's record is not going to be that great and the Raiders are going to smell like roses when they get those two high picks, they're going to be impact players on the team. Mind you, after his first game, <laughs> it was sure a good telling sign that first game he looked awful good. But I think, you know, the, the, you know, the part about it is, well, the other thing I guess is we have to probably, we should have t- touched on was that the part about Nylander, which makes it a little more difficult, is with the CBA contract coming up in 2020. Yeah, 
And that's obviously going to be a sticking point for guys moving forward with these contracts. And they want the front end. So that definitely takes a bridge contract out of the way for, for Nylander yeah. and some of these other players. So I, I'm sure that's why all these six players or six or seven players that are they're sitting out right now, which is one of the big caveats that's, that's holding them back. And we've got to deal with that next. Yeah, that'll be just our luck. There'll be a strike in 2020 when the Leafs are just uh, like they've just won a Stanley Cup yeah. and aren't going on the back or on the verge of winning a Stanley <laughs> Cup, and then there's a sh- sh- shortage, stop stoppage in uh, play. Right? It's uh, it's not good. Usually we end up sitting out for a while. Every last the last ones there hasn't been an agreement right away. Has there, Mike? There's been a long sit out. Well, what people have to realize is that who's got more staying power? I mean, outside of Ottawa. I mean, a player or a billionaire owner, you know, and these owners are rich. Mm-hmm. So who's getting these guys run businesses. And a lot of these guys, the hockey teams are side business for a lot of these guys. I mean, just like the NFL owners. So, I mean, who's got more staying power? Do you know the salary cap? What the salary cap was in 2001, 2002, before they signed this agreement? I it was. Uh, it wasn't a salary cap. It was wide open. Yeah. And uh, I think 83 million was it, the total. And that's where they're at now. Yeah. So look at it. Fifteen years ago, the money was out there. Well, the Leafs were spending it. Yeah. Detroit was spending it. Rangers the were spending it. In Spain, there was a lot of money. So how much are these teams making? How much are the Leafs making? How much are the Canadians making? All these teams that were, and Detroit had high high uh, payrolls, and they were still making money. How much are they making now? That's one thing Batman's done for the owners. He, he's put money in their pockets, that's for sure. Well, he has. He's done, it. He's, he's done his job from that standpoint. And that's what everybody used to complain about with uh, Richard Petty. Because Richard Petty, when he was doing his job with the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, he did a great job for them. He made the money. He sold all the buildings around the... He didn't build a good hockey team. But he did his job as the president of that operation. It was a business. Yeah. They, they, they're very... Uh very healthy. The league is very healthy. Yeah, the league is in, the league is in good shape, and they've got uh, pretty good ownership throughout. There, there were a couple shaky owners uh, a few years ago, but it looks like they're weeding those guys out. And as I said earlier, I think that the money is coming back. And just we see Boston and Calgary playing in China right now, exhibition games, and to real good, uh, you know, ex- uh, real good um, uh, favored crowds and uh, very a lot of enthusiasm. The Gretzky tour over there, going with the hockey schools, again. The NHL brand is, is more than North American brand. Now it's going to be, in Europe, it's going to be global. And so who do you think are the most improved teams, Mike, in the league this year? Oh, boy. Well, uh, well, outside of, well, keep Toronto aside. But I, I would say San Jose right off the bat. Uh, I would say that um, Vegas has stayed uh, level. And I would probably pick uh, Florida's a little bit better. And uh, instead of that, I think, you know, I don't know. I mean... I think the Sabres are going to do better. The Sabres, that's the team I forgot about. You're absolutely right. That's right. They have. Well, again, their draft picks are starting to come through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the, the, you know, that kid, that Milstad kid, when he comes through, he started playing well at the end of last year. killed our junior Darlene team. Darlene looks awesome. Darlene looks awesome. And, uh, and, of course, Eichel is another good player. So, yeah, they've, got, they've made some good moves themselves. They're a team that's actually going to be causing some havoc this year. Tough just, league. Just really got, tough league. You just got to tell the owner to stay away from the team. Oh, who, who, <laughs> Pagula. Pagula. Stop meddling with well, this. Well, you, you started a rumor that the uh, 
You, you were saying that you heard something that they may sell the Bills or sell well, somebody, the Sabres? Well, somebody told me earlier this week that they, when the Bills lost, maybe, maybe he made a come. Maybe it's time to move the team again or something like that. Because, but but the, the point of him is, is I mean, I, I got that from somebody who called me and I was just away for a couple of days. But they, he's, a, he's a fan first. And there's nothing against him and his wife because they're fans. And the problem is you can't be a fan and an owner. You got there's got to be a separation, and you can just see the way the bills have gone. I mean, the bills are just a disaster, and it's just so disorganized. And they're not getting any better, and they're not going to get any better for some time until you let proper management run the team the way they should. And look at Toronto is a perfect example of what's going on with proper management. And you've got guys in there making the right decisions, and before that, you didn't have that, and now they do. You clearly know who's in charge, and when Brennan Shan took the reins and he put Lou Lamorello in charge somebody had to answer to Lou and they all answered to Lou and it's funny because when we Deb and I were hosting a host of one of our charity events one night and we had something for mental illness and depression with Mike Babcock and and Michael Landsberg mm-hmm. and Larry Tan about Mike Babcock because when I had offered something to Mike about um, uh, you know about the Leafs coming to visit and he was really excited about doing that to come and spend some time in the room uh, if you go to ultimateleafsfan.com you can see what I was talking about he and he loved the idea. But he said to me, do you know Lou? And I said, geez, no, I don't. I haven't met him yet. And he says, well, here, I'll contact me, and everything has to go through Lou. So anyway, we, I kind of chuckle at that. And he goes, no, no, Mike, I'm not blowing you off. I'm, that's the way it goes. Everything goes through Lou. And then a little while later, Deb and I were talking to Larry Tannenbaum. And Larry's admiring the room, and he said, my Leafs, the Leafs, or my Leafs, our Leafs should see this. Like some of the players should come and have a visit with this and embrace the history. So what's funny, I just talked to the coach, and the coach is really excited about that. And he goes, do you know Lou, Mike? So here's the owner, one of the owners, and the coach, and everything went through Lou. Yeah. And there was no, there was no, backing off of it and it just and I walked away from that and Deb and I spoke about it and I said no that's that I excite, that excites me when I see that that like that's proper management and the, the attention to, to small details that Brendan Chan had like with the crest when he sat in the stands and he told us that story about watching the team from a practice and had players with the blue and the way crest on to see what it looked like from different areas of the arena the attention to small details like that filters throughout the organization and we never had that before very structured very uh, very impressed too we we deal with the leafs too and it's uh, very very structured and very impressed with their uh, the way they do things now and look at the way you're things right, are going you're right. And look at the way things are going, like throughout the rest of the league. Look at the NFL right now with this uh, anthem thing and what's going on there. I mean, right or wrong, make a decision. Like these, like you've got a, note, you've got a leader of the NFL that won't make a decision. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if the, play, if, if the rule is you have to stand for the national anthem, by the way, which I think the national anthem will go on record. So I think the national anthem is the biggest waste of time in sports. Shouldn't, shouldn't even play it. it shouldn't, it's, it's, they, baseball plays it 15 minutes before the game starts. And you're walking into the stadium and you're standing there for a second. They're playing and the players are looking around. Nobody plays it. I mean, the only time is in the playoffs, and it gets people it gives them a chance to cheer. But do you really care about Baltimore and Toronto, like a hundred games out of first place between the two of them on a Tuesday night in Toronto with ten thousand people in the stands? And they really care about the national anthem, like for international or Olympics, yes. But for a regular season game, no. But regardless of that, if the rule is you're to stand, you stand. If you don't stand, you're suspended, fired, or cut. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it's got to be. And until they make those type of decisions, the the inmates are going to be running the asylum. And that's what we're seeing going on right now. And you're, you just go through all teams that are having problems with winning and putting together a good product on the field or ice or wherever it is, start right at the top. 
again, I said I was on Bay Street for 40 years. Any company we looked at, the first thing, no matter what the concept was, and we took BlackBerry, which is Research and Motion Public, the first thing we looked at besides embracing the concept was look at management and the guys behind the idea. When they sold us, you know, Basili and, and Lazaridis, then we were sold on the idea, and it worked. And that's, to me, that's, that's the number one thing. That's the biggest change we've seen And look at any winning team. Look, look at the Raptors with these decisions they're making with, uh, you know, the player DeRozan. I mean, not a big basketball guy. But any owner or manager that would, would make a promise you're not going to trade, he's out of his mind. You can't make those promises to players. How, do you, how the heck do you know what's going to come Wayne, next? Wayne Gretzky got traded. Wait, that's the number one thing. Bobby Orr got traded. They, uh, come on. I mean, that's the way it should be. And, and, you know, and by the way, this guy, DeRozan, is going to probably one of the best sports organizations, one of the best coaches in all of sports. His game will only get better. And the other guy coming out the way don't even speak. He's got lockjaw, I guess, and won't talk. <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, the thing is that you've got to make a stance with these guys. If you don't like it, move them. Because there's always, like, the thing about what people have to understand is there's always somebody better that will come along. Always. There's always somebody tougher. There's always somebody better. Always. It's, it's interesting you bring, bring how organized the Leafs are and how disorganized the Blue Jays have become. They have really lost it. Uh, all these rumors starting and flying out Gibbons was supposed to be fired. That didn't happen, but it was in the cards for them to fire him. And uh, that whole organization is shot right now. And they got to fix that up. I'd like to see those two guys out of here, really. To tell you the truth, Shapiro and uh, Atkins. Well, look at the way they handled the Donaldson situation. Again, rightly or wrongly. The, the, now, the story I've got is they offered Donaldson a contract last winter, and he turned it down. A big ticket, and he yeah. turned it down. And then recently, when all this was going on about whether he was going to stay or not stay, and he's been hurt. I mean, come on. I mean, I... You know, I, I'm 64 years old. I had a hip replacement in March. I was playing hockey less than six weeks later. I mean, this guy's got a calf injury. And this guy's an elite athlete. And by the way, he's 30-some-odd years younger than me. And you're telling me this guy's calf injury is hurting him that long? So I would suspect they're probably not happy with him not getting back in the field. And I saw him running when he was doing his sprints, and they looked fine to me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he wanted his contract upheld. So what did he do? He sat out to put pressure on the team. So me as the owner... You do what Steve Eisman did a couple years ago with, Steve, with Stephen Stamkos. Here's the ticket. You're getting eight years. You're getting $64 million. Cooper's going to be the coach. If he wants you to play the wing, you're playing the wing. Go get him. And July 1st, he was afraid. And guess what? Two days later, he signed back. He came back and signed. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Let these guys know. And what the, you know, Aikens and Chaparro should have done is they said, we offered him a contract. We did this or we did that. Let the public know. But instead, they've let this fester. They let the press get on it. The fans get behind all this. Now everybody's angry with them. And they've spent a lot of their time firing back office people that have been there 25, 30 years. I see they just fired a couple of scouts this morning or yesterday. And when, in fact, you know, you're trying to compete against the Yankees and you're telling people you raised ticket prices 17% last year. By the way, Deb and I had tickets for nine years. And when I saw what was going on, we canceled our tickets. I sure Deb still wanted to buy a 20-pack, and I said, no, you're not buying that. because No, because I'm tired of this. So, like, it's 17% increase. These guys have made no moves. Let them come and speak to us. We didn't get one phone call from a Blue Jay person about why hmm. we canceled our tickets. And we saw, And Deb, when she was working on the corporate side, she sold thousands of tickets for these guys for corporate events and stuff like this. And we sent all our friends in there to buy tickets, not one call. And when I saw that, and then and and he and then Atkins is in the in the paper saying he they increased the price to seventeen percent so we could competitive free agency. 
Look at the guys they signed. They signed on everybody's cast-offs. And then look at what the Yankees and look what Boston do. Like, you're never going to—don't— We know you can't compete with those guys. Although Rogers, billion-dollar corporation, should be able to. But don't start giving us this nonsense to a major city like Toronto that you're going to be competitive when you're signed cast-offs. And then you expect us to buy this. Then you're trying to tell us that you're missing a premier player like Troy Tulowitzki, who's been a total bust since he's been here. Troy Tulowitzki, uh, Russell Martin, and uh, those two guys are making over $20 million for next year. How do they? Yeah, how do they support these two guys? I mean, uh, Russell Martin uh, was a good player. Russell Martin, no question. But but you know what? He's got that age-old incurable disease, A.G.E. <laughs> and he can't it help it. To everybody. It hasn't happened to Tom Brady yet. I'm waiting for that to happen. Well, if you As said, a Buffalo Bill fan, I'm waiting for that to happen, and it's not happening. It's not happening. And you know, I know I got Tulowitzki. There's a guy random first base last year and, and pulled an ankle or whatever he did. He's still out. And then he decides three days before a training camp, he's got to get bone spurs removed from both feet. I mean, come on. And then he calls his team out in the middle of July for not playing hard. Would Russell Martin make a perfect manager? I think he, I think he would make a great manager. They should somehow work the $20 million and make him the manager of the Blue Jays. Because I think he would do a great job. But the problem is, you know what, has, they, they find that these guys, you've got to put the legwork in first. You know? Now they're going within, oh. like hockey. You've you got to get the guys start at the grassroots and work your way up. Cause you gotta learn. Because the problem with players, it's like that's why the guys like the Gretzkys of the world never can be. Because well, how baseball, do you teach? Baseball's changing, though, Mike. There's yeah. Kaplan yeah. for uh, Philadelphia. Uh, the manager for the Yankees, Boone. Mm-hmm. They have no experience. Yeah, right. Mind you, with the payroll and, like that. <laughs> yeah, but they have no experience, and they they're doing fine. Mm-hmm. I think Russell Martin would be a great great manager. Listen, I'd love to see a Canadian uh, as as a manager of Toronto Blazers. Why not? And you know what? To your point, why not? Let's give it a try. But again, to me, it just doesn't look like there's any plan in place. Or if there is, we don't know about it. Yeah, there's no plan in place because I, I, I don't see it. And it's just, how can you, how can, and again, we come back to how we started this whole conversation, leadership and management. And why is this team in trouble? Why are the Buffalo Bills in trouble? Why is the NFL having a problem? Leadership. And leadership is lacking and it's weak. And again, come back to a stock market reference, you'd be shorting all of them, meaning you'd be selling them. <laughs> Well, it's going to be interesting what does happen with the Blue Jays because Guerrero is going to eventually come up. He'll come up in the middle of April next year, right? And are the other two guys ready, uh, Bichette and Biggio? Haven't heard his name mentioned as much, but they, I mean, they're both good, but they're prospects. But remember, look up the definition of prospect. Once they get to major, you start seeing major league curveballs. Okay, well, Guerrero see. can hit. He could have Guerrero's hit, no he question. Could have played last year from what I understand. No question. No question. Okay, it looks like him. As long as he stays away from the food table at the in the locker room between games and between innings. Could be we, nice. Be nice. Well, he weighs 240 pounds now. Just remember Fielder, Prince Fielder with Detroit. Yeah, that's the comparison everybody's making. And he couldn't even move at the end. All he do is just bunt the ball down to first base, and he couldn't get it. You know, so I think that, but this kid definitely has. But this kid can he run. He is definitely a fielder. Couldn't run even in no, his early days. This I'm, kid can run. I'm being funny, but you know, he's definitely. But again, baseball is a sport. You know, one guy's going to win a game for you. I've been around a long time, and I've never seen a player with that that much hype as Guerrero. We've yeah. seen Delgado, and there was uh, a few that didn't make it, but this guy has got everything going for him. 
Yeah, and it, and it seems like he's got his head screwed on right. He comes from a good pedigree, so mm-hmm. that he knows he understands what the game and what it is to be a professional in, the, in in baseball and how to carry himself. It sounds like so. All those things are all very prevalent today. Look, look, look at our buddy Alex Anthopoulos. He's going to make the playoffs his first year with the Atlanta Braves. Isn't that uh, something? He should be running the blue. He should be running the Blue Jays still. Amazing, and uh, they 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 might they might end up in the World Series. You never know. Imagine that. And by the way, remember they got penalized for that international bylaw they broke and lost eight players. Yeah. Remember at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So that so this this makes it even more remarkable what they've done with that ball club. And again, he's he made proper moves, bringing guys in to fill holes. And you know, it's not patchwork, but he's put he's built the team through some good draft picks they've made and some good acquisitions, and they've got a good ball club. Yeah, they really do, and they could end up there. Now look at uh, look in the playoffs. The Yankees have Jahab. Mm-hmm. Houston has Asuna, mm-hmm. and Donaldson is now with Cleveland. We're going to see them all in the playoffs, and they are all our Blue Jay players. Isn't that sickening? Well, and Edwin and they, too. And they, what's that? And Edwin too in Cleveland. Yeah, they all, those three guys all started the year with the Jays. Yeah, think about that. Now we're going to watch them go into uh, all these ballparks during the playoffs and play. And I think uh, Jay Happ has been great with the Yankees, right? Well, he's a free agent still, don't forget. At least the Jays he could resign back. He Jays could resign him. Osuna, well, they had to move Osuna. He couldn't stay here. No, no. The situation was... They, but they had these three guys, so they have a, they had some talent coming into the season. It just didn't work out. Stroman didn't, got hurt, and Sanchez got hurt. Well, Stroman's got to focus more on being a baseball player and stop all the shenanigans off the field and all the stuff he's doing and all the self-promotion and all that stuff and just, like... Pitch 100 games and then start doing all the talking. You know, I mean, that, that's his problem. He got caught up in Sanchez. I mean, all these guys, I mean, again, another blisters on his fingers. I mean, I mean, it's not like he just started throwing that pitch for the first time in his life. And remember Al Leiter? I remember. Al Leiter. Al Leiter, the same thing. Problems, but then he went to the Yankees. He was free of the blister problems. So the Jays stick with the Jays that, get, that they can't heal, right? The Jays stick with them. All those two years, the guy plays on a stack World Series team, wins 19 games or whatever he won that year, and then jumps ship the minute he can leave. You know, so I... I it, the Jays, to, I mean, we're, we're giving Atkins and Shapiro a lot of heat here, but... We're giving them a lot of heat here, but the players do have to step up. They have to be accountable at some point. And some of these guys, come on. Come on, guys. Like, let's go watch a hockey game one time. Watch goes on and look at what you're doing. And even though I, I, I anointed Donaldson the ultimate compliment I give anybody, I called him a Canadian with a hockey player mentality. And here he disappointed me, let me down. Yeah, so Houston Houston should be the favorite to win it. Houston and yeah. Boston, right? Yeah, they're going to be good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an American League team. Well, and as we're almost out of time, we're running down to, running. they're counting down the seconds here. So what do you think? What, uh, give me a, a wrap-up of what you think has happened this week. Chaos in the NHL, that's for sure. A lot of things happen, and a lot of surprises, Mike. Yeah, and there's been some um, some interesting things setting up for the, the year going forward. And the NHL, as I've said before, is the best professional league in North America, and uh, it keeps proving. And uh, we can't wait to get this started in the next can't couple Can't wait. Weeks. Hockey, hockey, hockey. Tuesday so again, night, Lee's in Washington and uh, uh, Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah. Ottawa. So I'll tell you, though, the, the, the viewing of your ship will be through the roof. On, it will be on an the, exhibition game. <laughs> it's sure going to be. All right. Well, listen, thanks, Naz, for letting me spout off again here today. And Wally, good luck finding them in all. And we'll talk to you guys again <laughs> next week.